Your favorite things feel made for you. Your education should too. University of Maryland Global Campus, formerly University of Maryland University College, was made to serve the military and working adults like you. Today, we continue that tradition by offering frequent start dates so you can get started with convenient online learning that fits your schedule, by recognizing your accomplishments with credits you can earn for what you know, by providing no-cost online resources replacing most textbooks because a college education can fit your budget too, and with no SAT or GRE required for most programs. University of Maryland Global Campus, made for you. Last year, we awarded more than $15 million in scholarships to qualified students, including community college students, service members, veterans, and working adults just like you. Discover how we can make your education and your goals for the future a reality. Visit us at umgc.edu. That's umgc.edu. Certified to operate in Virginia by Chev. Hey guys, this is Adrian Wojnarowski of ESPN, and you're listening to the ML Sports Platter. The ML Sports Platter back with you all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review. You can hit me on Twitter, Mike Lindsley, at Mike L Sports. We're brought to you by Stanley Law Offices, Bryant and Stratton College, and Welch and Company Jewelers. Log on to WelchJewelers.com. That's WelchJewelers.com. Shop the showcase today. Watches, bracelets, engagement rings, wedding rings, you name it. Go shop the showcase, WelchJewelers.com. Welch and Company Jewelers is the official jewelry store of the ML Sports Platter. Let's talk some Bonnie's basketball uh, with somebody who's really close to the program. He's a, a senior at St. Bonaventure, class of 2021, head manager for the Bonnie's men's basketball team, A-10 tournament champs, A-10 regular season champs, and another spot in the big dance with the hype train a-chugging for 2021-2022 with pretty much everybody coming back, some guys coming in from the transfer portal, uh, a terrific freshman class as well. Mark Schmidt keeping it going. Let's talk with A.J. Mitchell on Twitter at AJM1512. A.J., thanks for jumping on, pal. Uh, Thanks for having me, Mike. Doing well, thanks. All right, so when did you realize this past basketball season could be special? Uh, to be honest with you, I think uh, coming in, I know last year was kind of cut short because of the pandemic, but uh, looking at this year's team, everyone worked hard and everyone wanted it. So I felt coming in, there was definitely uh, a lot of belief around everyone who was coming in. And I think we kind of action, and we kind of took it one game at a time, and that's where a lot of our success came from. You're, you're around, obviously, Mark Schmidt a lot. What what makes him so good? What what does he do that separates himself, especially at a program like Bana? I mean, I love Coach Schmidt. Uh, I'd say probably he's he's definitely the best basketball mind that I've been around, and uh, being in his presence for four years is definitely uh, something I, I've appreciated. I think something about him is he really gets the most out of everybody, and he he pushes everyone to be the best they can be. That's, that's what I would say about him. So you're you're a senior at, at Bonnie, and it makes me it just gives me so many memories and thoughts and what where I could go with this because it's so long ago for me now. So I, I got my 20 year coming up next summer, which is hard to believe. Um, so what's it been like? The I know it's a little different here. Was trying to come out of Corona, and, and you've obviously dealt with it for literally, what, two full school years almost, it feels like, I guess, at this point, or it is realistically. Uh, but what's it been like, you know, getting getting towards the end and, um, 
you know, final classes and final events with your friends and all that. How's it been going? What, do you be, what have you been doing? I definitely, I'm not going to lie, I kind of sat back a little bit and really appreciated uh, like every, everyone here and all the members. Like, Good. St. Bonaventure is the best place. I, I love it. Uh, I know if I, I wouldn't make it any other choice, I'd redo it definitely if I could. Um, i say as time's definitely dwindling down, just like I was saying, kind of enjoying my t- last few days with everyone here. That's great. Um, how does one become the head manager of the basketball team? So it's actually uh, pretty funny. So when I was looking at uh, at colleges in high school, I came on my visit here, and uh, I they told me to bring a copy of my resume. So I brought a copy of my resume, and they saw that I was doing uh, some like I was a manager in high school, so I like just stashed the team and all that. So. They saw that and they kind of brought it up, and then I ended up getting in contact with the, our director of basketball operations. So through there, I, there was actually a pretty uh, intensive interview process. I had to go get uh, interview and all of that, and I ended up getting it my freshman year. So little of me coming in with Jalen Adams and Matt Mobley and all of those guys. I mean, it was a great year to come in, but from there, it was just um, doing your job, working hard, going above and beyond, and. I was fortunate enough to be the head manager my senior year, and I got grateful for the opportunity. But yeah, it's definitely a lot of hard work that went into it, for sure. I know that you probably have, because you've been at Bonna now, and you're almost done, and, and, and it's been just a wild ride, I'm sure, with the hoops and the academics and everything that goes into to, to being a, a St. Bonaventure Bonnie. I'm sure that you have a lot of appreciation for the history of the of the school's basketball program, you know, on the men's side in terms of Bob Lanier and the Stiths and some of the, you know, golden eras that we've had, uh, the time when I was there, they were unbelievable as well uh, when you were when you were running around in diapers. Um, yeah. So my question is this though, I mean, after learning about the history and having the appreciation uh, of the program, do you think and you can be a prisoner of the moment. I wouldn't blame you because you defend your time, right? You you defend your guys. Do you think this current stretch here, the last few years, I don't know, 2000, I guess, 18, even 16, they got robbed of a tournament berth that year. But is this the golden era of Bonnet Hoops, considering how hard it is to even just make the tournament in, in the modern era? I mean, it's kind of what you were just saying. Like, I, I feel like I'd be a bit biased considering that I, I've been around these guys. And there's been really good teams in the past and really good players, and I've definitely appreciated the, not only like those players, but the program as a whole. Like they, like the community surrounds the team, and everyone rallies around the team. It's really awesome, and I feel like it's not appreciated as much. Like everyone at the school gets it. Like the basketball programs, like a big thing. Everyone goes to the games, and it's something everyone rallies around. But like these, yeah, the recent teams have been really good. But I, I feel. Yes, I'm a little bit biased, but at the same time, I kind of just enjoy what every team, what what's different about every team and what makes them stand out from the rest. A.J. Mitchell, our guest, ML Sports Platter. I'm Mike Lindsley. Get him on Twitter at AJM1512, the St. Bonaventure uh, 2021 graduate. I, I wish I could say that I'm in your class, but I'm not. Um, you, 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 what, what are the plans now? Are, are you a journalism major? Is that, I, I know you got some things going on with a lead and Celtics lead and all that right now as well. Are, are you, are you going to journalism or something else? 
I am a J school graduate, proud J school graduate, I should say. Um, I'm not exactly sure what my next chapter brings. I know uh, I got to be patient, I, and I understand there's going to be a lot of no's and when you come to applying, but it's just about, again, like being patient and when you get the opportunity to make the most of it. So we'll see what happens next. Yeah, hustle, hustle, network, you know, get get those leads going. Um and just do reps, you know, and, and, and a break will fall for you. I guarantee it. Um, th- th- this team, I got just a couple more for you, AJ. Th- this team has so, just so many expectations going into next year because the roster pretty much comes back. We know they're led by the trio that came in three years ago with all that hype with Welch, Lofton, and Oshun. Um, you bet, you've been around these guys for a few years. How do yep. you think they're going to handle preseason number, I don't know, 15 to 20-ish? You know, how are they going to handle this team has to win a tournament game now, at least maybe. Uh, they're a Sweet 16 contender. They're a Dark Horse Final Four contender. You know, they can beat anybody in the country on an app. How are they going to adapt to that and handle that? Uh, I mean, kind of what I've been saying through and through, like, it's nice to get the recognition and the accolades, but at the end of the day, we just got to take it one game at a time and control we can control like, i mean it's nice that we get recognition but we're we're worried about what we can control and we're again just taking it one game at a time how crazy would the rc have been this year <laughs> under normal circumstance did you did you think about that often like oh my god if, if people were in this building right now if the students were here you know oh absolutely uh i feel like the especially in the riley center you know how the home crowd gets in. Like I was saying earlier, how the community comes and supports the team, the students come. Like it's a really big deal. And I, I'm definitely grateful for that kind of atmosphere that we get to experience at the Riley Center. It definitely felt different. I, I'm not going to lie, the first couple games it felt weird not having anybody in the stands, to be honest with you. Um, but as we ended up going out, and then we ended up playing in the A-10 tournament, and then eventually in uh, Indiana, the fans traveled very well and I was super appreciative of that, for sure. No doubt. AJ Mitchell on Twitter, at AJM1512. AJ, thanks for coming on, man. Uh, this was fun to share some memories from this past season and uh, continued success your way. You got me with all the contact info, all the stuff on social. Do not hesitate. Anything you need, give me a ring. I appreciate it, Mike. Thank you so much. ML Sports Platter brought to you by Bryant & Stratton College and Ken's Auto Detailing. Wanted to get into a little bit of... Uh, a little bit more of the recapping of you know teams and divisions uh, from the NFL draft. And uh, next up is the AFC West. So let's tackle Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. We start with Denver. Uh, you handing out grades and kind of breaking some things down. I, I thought the Broncos had a B plus draft. Um, I've said it a million times, and I'll say it again. I mean, I, I hate the draft grade thing, but. <laughs> It's just it's what everybody does. You almost you you can hate it. You can hate the mocks and all that. But if you're not doing one, then you're not doing what I guess you're supposed to do. I we're just we're all doing this stuff. We're all doing the same thing, I guess. Um, but I thought they had a B plus draft for a couple of reasons. One, I thought that the Broncos really. I mean, they had a ton of picks, and I think that when you have a ton of draft capital, you have an indirect good draft anyway, right? Because you're just kind of playing a numbers game with with guys. Um, Number two, not knowing what is going to happen at the quarterback position. 
there's still competition there. I mean, is, is Drew Locke going to be the guy as we record this? Aaron Rodgers is not on the move, you know, but there's been ties to Denver. Uh, you know, look, if they get Aaron Rodgers, they're obviously an immediate playoff, con- not even a playoff contender, they're probably a playoff team, especially with that extra club, uh, that extra wild card in there. Uh, you know, not knowing that situation, they beefed up with some solid underrated offensive guys in in this draft uh and they checked some boxes as far as the need and and as far as short-term long-term type stuff and the depth and all the things we've talked about but the first pick was Patrick Sertain the second really good corner um got an eye for the football he knows what routes coming quick reads the quarterback well he plays within the structure of a defense um, really good tackler. He's played on the biggest stage. Super disciplined guy under Nick Saban at Alabama. You know, we talk a ton about the wide receivers and the running backs and the QBs. What about the defensive players for the Alabama Crimson Tide, right? I mean, they're just a freaking football factory across the board. You can't even call them running back you, wide receiver you, QB you. It's everything you at this point for Alabama. And it just awesome. I mean, it's just an awesome pick. Denver signed Ronald Darby and Kyle Fuller, but they needed to be aggressive in addressing the quarterback position because they allowed the second highest completion percentage outside the numbers and had the third fewest picks on passes thrown outside the numbers last year. And oh, by the way, you play in a division with Justin Herbert and Patty Mahomes and could you imagine that division, by the way, if Aaron Rodgers were added to it with those quarterbacks? He had Rodgers up against the Young Bucks, you know, twice a year against each. That's four times total. Terrific uh, stuff there. And frankly, Rodgers has had some ties to Vegas a little bit as well. You imagine Gruden landing that. I, I don't think he'd go to. I don't think Vegas is it. I think if he's going anywhere, I think it would have been San Fran. Although I think Kyle Shan, you know, they inquired about Aaron Rodgers, obviously, and. Kyle Shanahan talked about that on the Rich Eisen show. Um, I listened to that interview. It was a very good one. Uh, San Fran, you know, the California tie, uh, Denver, uh, his fiance doesn't give a rip about football. Um, so we'll see what happens. But Denver knocked it out of the park with the first pick in terms of Patrick Sertain. I, I think he's going to be... You know, I had Mark Ross from the NFL Network tell me that there's no such thing as can't miss. Uh, but, man, my goodness, if he's as close to it as, as there is out there, Patrick Sertain, I think. I think he's going to be a stud in this league for a long time. Javante Williams picked in the second round. Uh, North Carolina running back, super shifty, really good, you know, out of the out of the backfield, a weapon, can catch it, can run it north, south, east, west. And a guy, I think Denver, you know, really is going to, is, I think they're going to they're gonna have real good production, some real good depth there from Williams. And then they went kind of across the board, all over the board. I mean, they go out and get Quint uh, Miners from Wisconsin, Whitewater, offensive guard, don't know anything about him. Uh, Baron Browning from Ohio State, an outside linebacker. Uh, they got to start kind of looking at, you know, the future in terms of their defense. That's why they definitely went with Sertain, and then you get Browning. They went out for uh, they went out and got a Texas safety in Caden Stearns, Jamar Johnson, a safety out of Indiana, uh, and then Seth Williams, and kind of an underrated sort of wide receiver in this draft, 
uh, you know, a kid who really got a ton of targets at Auburn as his career went on um, and can add some wide receiver depth there behind Judy and company. So I like that pick a lot. Played on the, you know, again, big stage, SEC football, etc. LSU cornerback, Kerry Vincent Jr. Again, that's cornerback. Uh, uh, trying to beef up that defense a little bit more. Jonathan Cooper, Ohio State defensive end. And then Marque- uh, Marquise Spencer out of Mississippi State, uh, another defensive end. So it, look, the Broncos, you know, they, they're really looking at the long term uh, for their defense and also guys who can help with that immediate impact. I think you have a balance between the two. Uh, Sertain and, uh, you know, certainly Browning are guys for the short term and then everybody else seems to be long term. Uh, and obviously Sertain and Browning for the long haul. But what I'm talking about is immediate development. You know, those guys should be able to come in and really impact you right away. Browning could probably do some work on special teams as well. So good stuff from Denver in the draft. But again, their problem is who's playing quarterback for this football team. Kansas City Chiefs, you know, they, they didn't really do anything sexy. I, I thought they had an average. They've had an A-plus offseason because of, you know, shoring up the offensive line, you know, going out and getting Tooney and Orlando Brown in a trade. Um, I'd probably put them at a C. Uh, they just kind of plugged and played. I mean, when you go to two straight Super Bowls, when you've won a bunch of division titles, you've got everything pretty much in place. I know they're going to have some cap challenges in the near future, but who cares? I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes, you have Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy is back for another year. They're loaded. They're locked uh, on both sides of the football. I'll just rip through these picks. I don't really know a lot about these guys. Nick Bolton, the Missouri inside linebacker. Uh, from what I read... Uh, he's got a, a pretty good uh, IQ. He's a football IQ guy. He's got unbelievable instincts, and he's a he's a he's a he's a gap shooter. Um, a guy who you can use in a lot of different spots. Unbelievable effort, motor, uh, tackling is is terrific in the open field. So uh, he's a range player. He'll be around the ball a lot. So that's what Casey wants to add to their defense. They add a center from Oklahoma and Creed Humphrey. Florida State defensive end Joshua Kando, uh, Duke tight end Noah Gray, Cornell Powell out of Clemson, the wide receiver. Seen a little bit of him. Uh, you know, he's been a two or three on that roster for obvious reasons because Clemson has been so loaded through the years. And then Trey Smith, an offensive guard from Tennessee. You almost look at Cornell Powell, the wide receiver out of Clemson, as being a you know, a, a replacement here over the next couple of years on a rookie contract for Sammy Watkins, who recently signed with Baltimore. I'd give him a C. Wasn't horrible, wasn't splashy, was average, and a bunch of guys who you can plug and play with. Uh, L.A. Chargers, man, I'm giving him an A. I think the Chargers knocked it out of the park. You've got Justin Herbert. He's the golden boy, the big arm, the size, the franchise quarterback. And from what we've seen so far, it's going to be a stud, right? He's just going to be a stud. And what do you do when you have a major, major quarterback, right? When you found your franchise quarterback, you surround him with weapons and protection. That's exactly what they did with Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. I think he's going to be an unbelievable player for years to come. The offensive tackle... Uh, he's got below average length, according to the scouting reports, but he's so polished, he's so quick, he's so good with the hands, he's got so much strength upper body and so much control. 
and he's a positional blocker, great balance and power in the run game. I, I think he's going to be really good, great range to help protect Herbert. And, you know, look, last year the Chargers got the franchise quarterback. Guess what? He played well despite a terrible... Some people think it was a subpar offensive line. I, I think it was horrendous. Um, and now they got to keep him upright. And I love this pick. I just love it. I mean, that's... You have to you have to get protection for for your franchise guy, so outstanding stuff there for the Chargers, and then they go to the other side of the football and they grab Asante Samuel, the junior out of Florida State, who has the potential to be a shutdown corner. I actually thought and was hoping maybe the Bills would get him. He was in my mock going to Buffalo at thirty. Um, he's technically sound, great instincts, always around the. Ball, quick, change of direction. Um, he's a little smaller in terms of the corner position. Below average length, but he plays He plays bigger. He plays bigger than 5'10". Um, we'll see what happens, though, in this league. I mean, if he has to go up against some 6'1", 6'2", wide receivers, he may have some trouble there. But this was a really necessary pick for the Chargers. Um, they don't have a lot there at that position. And, and I think, you know, with the bloodlines, guys who just, you know, guys who grow up, in inside of 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 a of a sports family, right inside the walls. Like you look at Vlad Guerrero Jr., Bobichet, Kevin Biggio with the Blue Jays in baseball. They grew up with major league talent. Two of which are in the Hall of Fame. You learn quickly how to handle yourself and how to go to the ballpark day in and day out, and how to make other people better, and the work that you have to put in. And you just learn easily when when you have the bloodlines there. And that's exactly what Asante Samuel Jr. has as well. I mean, remember his father is a four-time Pro Bowler, played eleven seasons with the Pats, Eagles, and Falcons. Asante Samuel, he's a great player. So he learned a lot from his dad. You know how to stick receivers and man coverage, how to take the ball away, how to be a good teammate, right? I, I, so I think there is something to be said for that. And, uh, you know, the resume at Florida State, even though FSU's been down, speaks for itself. That's a really good pick for them. Josh Palmer, the Tennessee wide receiver, goes to uh, goes to the Chargers. Again, smart move. Get more help for Herbert. Great stuff there. Tight end in Trey McKitty out of Georgia in the third round. Some people saying he's a second-round talent. Again, another target for Herbert. Um a guy who, you know, security blanket, third down, that's what tight ends are there for. Uh, and then Chris Rump, the second out of Duke, outside linebacker, is taken in the fourth round. Uh, Brendan James out of Nebraska, offensive tackle. Again, more help, more protection for Herbert. Iowa inside linebacker Nick Neiman is taken in the sixth round, as well as Larry Roundtree, the third out of Missouri. A running back, uh, and then Mark Webb, a safety out of Georgia. The Chargers wanted to protect Justin Herbert, and get him more weapons, and fill areas on defense where they're really short. They did all those things, and therefore I give the L.A. Chargers an A, just like I would give their uniform an A in terms of the powder blues. Those things are so sweet. Now the Raiders, as we as we conclude the AFC West draft recap here, the Raiders are an interesting deal. Because while I've said for a while that I don't think there are a lot of teams that had horrible drafts, I'm actually not really wildly impressed with the Raiders draft. I feel like the Raiders, you're in the division with Kansas City, you have an up-and-coming team in terms of the Chargers, the Broncos are 
like two extra steps away from being a playoff contender and really good. If they get a, if they get an elite quarterback, they're going to be right there. The roster's built in Denver. It's just you know, you got to figure out the quarterback. I just don't I, the Raiders just didn't do anything really really great for me to keep up with the Joneses in their own division, man. I mean, like Alex Leatherwood, an offensive tackle out of Alabama at 17, it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I mean, they took Alex Leatherwood, solid player, to protect Derek Carr, he can never have, never have enough offensive linemen, got to win in the trenches. All those arguments can be made, but can you argue for Alex Leatherwood over Jalen Phillips? I mean, here's some guys who were on the board, right? I mean, the Raiders could use more offensive weapons, too. Kadarius Toney was on the board. Even Najee Harris, Travis Etienne, the running backs there. I know they have Josh Jacobs, but, I mean, you know, do you go a little thunder and lightning there? I mean, maybe. I wouldn't have gone running back, but I'm just saying that maybe those guys were even better picks. I wouldn't have taken the running back there, but they, they were better picks. You know, I mean, geez, Quiddy Pay was available. And we know the Raiders need more edge rush. They need more defensive pressure on the quarterback. And oh, by the way, again, look at the quarterbacks in the division. You're, you're, you're. <laughs> everybody needs edge rushers because you got to get to the quarterback in a quarterback league. Well, guess what? In that division, you have Justin Herbert and freaking Patty Mahomes. I don't know, man. I would have gone with Quiddy Pay. I, I, I would have gone maybe with Jalen Phillips, either of those guys. I mean, my God, the Raiders' secondary, because they don't get a lot of pass rush help right now, their secondary is pretty weak. They could have gotten Greg Newsom the second out of Northwestern, a potential shutdown corner. Eric Stokes out of Georgia. You know, Gregory Rousseau, the defensive end from Miami, who went to the Bills at 30, you know, the Bills had him projected much higher. He could have gone at 17, right? So there were better options than Alex Leatherwood. I, I'm not impressed with that pick at all by the Raiders. You can argue until the cows come home about winning in the trenches and offensive tackles and all that, but unless it's a bona fide guy who just stands right out, like I don't think Alex Leatherwood step you know stands out. I, you know I don't. He doesn't to me. He doesn't come from the Penny Sewell school of linemen. I, I could be wrong. I mean we don't know the crapshoot in this draft. We don't know. But look at proven guys from years gone by, right? Like the Quentin Nelsons of the world. Look at Deion Dawkins with the Bills. Some of those guys, I mean, they were either picked and they were bonafide, no doubt about it, slam dunk type guys to protect your quarterback, blindside or not, but usually blindside. Uh, Or they were scouted so heavily by their teams and they knew them so well during their their senior year and, and, and before that to get to a point of being a no-brainer pick, a la Deion Dawkins for the Bills. I'm not sure Alex Leatherwood is that guy. Now he, now that I say that, he'll probably prove me wrong. We don't know. It's a crapshoot. We don't know how all these guys are going to do. It, it, it's, you know, you're going to a Raider team that isn't very good. Will he have extra pressure on him? Perhaps. But I thought you could have done a lot better with that pick if you're the Vegas Raiders. Uh, and then from there, you know, you go get a safety from TCU in, in Trevon, uh, Trayvon uh, Morig. I think I pronounced that right. Um, don't know a lot about him. Malcolm Kuntz, Buffalo outside linebacker, speed guy. I like that pick. That's a decent one. Uh, Divine Diablo out of Virginia Tech, another safety. And the Missouri safety, Tyree Gillespie. Man, my God, they went out and got three safeties. I almost feel like, you know, the second round, you... <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, that's another one. Like, with Morig, the TCU safety, I mean, don't you... I mean, don't you want to draft... If you're going to go safety later in, in, in the draft, I mean, don't you kind of want to go with another position at that point? You know? I mean, you could have had Rondell Moore out of Purdue, a wide receiver. He was available on the board. How about Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa going to Cleveland? You know, in the second round. I mean, that that, that seems to be a steal, right? 52nd pick overall. I mean, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa was available. You know? Didn't take him. Asante Samuel Jr. was available. Didn't take him. I don't know, man. There were a lot of, I thought, really, really good play. A lot, a lot better players, a lot more value, a lot more immediate impact guys for the Raiders in the first two rounds of this draft. Not impressed at all with their first two picks. Um, I do, obviously, I do like, as I mentioned, um, I think the kid out of Buffalo, you know, can be really good. And Malcolm Kuntz, they need some more speed at, at linebacker for sure. Uh, but I'm just not impressed with the Morig pick. And I'm not impressed with the Leatherwood pick because, look, they, there were better players, more value, immediate impact on the board, and they didn't get them. And, look, if you're going to address safety in the third and fourth round that heavy, why why get one in the second round too? It just doesn't make any sense. Go get a playmaker. Go get Rondell Moore. They get cornerback uh, Nate Hobbs out of Illinois and Jimmy Morrissey out of Pittsburgh, a center. I know nothing about them. Uh I just thought the Raiders didn't have really that great of a draft. And, you know, for me, not being able to think for days about a team that had a bad draft, well, I, I've come to the conclusion that the Raiders had a bad draft. Now, a lot of these picks could work out, there's no doubt, but is John Gruden a great evaluator of talent, really? I mean, probably not. Uh, it, it seems like this roster is missing guys and playmakers and value and instant impact, and, and they just blew it. I mean, there were guys who could help them in in, in those departments, and they, they didn't get them. So uh, I, I think the Raiders had a bad draft. I'm going to give them a D. I finally found a team that I'm, I'm not really impressed with in terms of their NFL draft. ML Sports Platter brought to you by the Al and Angus Pub, home of the best darn Angus Burger in town. If you're in and around Central New York, get on over there, Harrison Street, and uh, they have wraps and burgers and all sorts of great stuff over there at the Allen Angus Pub. Let them cater your office lunch as well at the Al and Angus Pub. Gift cards are always available. Burgers, wraps, entrees, and more. Cold beer on tap in the bottle and in the can. They've got it all from Guinness to Labatt. Allen Angus Pub, the official pub of the ML Sports Platter. Thanks also to Ken's Auto Detailing, Axe Exotic Pets, and Matt Graham, your State Farm agent. Log on to SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. Get a free rate quote today. Home, auto, business, you name it. Matt Graham can help you out. South Bay Road in North Syracuse or just go to the website. If you're in and around the great state of New York or central New York, get a free rate quote where you may reside at SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. SyracuseInsuranceAgent.com. Com. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to A.J. Mitchell. Congratulations to him. His four years at St. Bonaventure, the head manager of the basketball team, graduating as a journalism major as well. 
and follow AJ on Twitter at AJM1512. I'm Mike Lindsley. Go get the ML Sports Platter all over the major platforms. Download, subscribe, leave feedback, and a five-star review, and be on the lookout for my one-minute ML Sports Takes and nine-minute with Mike Lindsley segments from Rosie's Corner on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, TikTok, and IGTV. As I always tell you, enjoy the games. Is your heating system ready for colder weather? An annual heating system tune-up from McCarthy Services will help make sure your system is working properly and efficiently to keep you warm and save money on your heating costs. Schedule your annual heating system tune-up today with McCarthy Services for only $29. That's right, only $29. But do it fast. This outstanding special ends soon. Call 866-838-1432 for details. License number 2705-142-9478. McCarthyHomeServices.com Cloud is powering tomorrow's transformative missions. Federal agencies are partnering with SAIC to help them meet these critical moments. Where bold moves require confident blueprints. Where you can accelerate transformation through consistency. Where you can innovate forward and never look back. SAIC quickly and securely migrates large-scale workloads to the cloud with the confidence you need to assure your mission. Learn more at SAIC.com cloud. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.